is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Y'all keep telling me how bad the Jacksonville Jaguars are. There are people around the country that would like to cover the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Brad. They are amazing. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, every weekend we come in here. Every Monday. I mean, quarantine yourself. Good thing the Jags have not. Don't get Leonard Fournette off Twitter. Keep Yon on Twitter. Mm. Mm. Keep Tony Khan on Twitter. Oh, Tony Khan with some clapbacks. Wow. What a day, an hour, and really just what a year. I mean, I'm not talking 2020. I'm talking go all the way back. Uh, absolutely incredible. Happy Monday, everybody. Brent Martino, Austin Lane, Coos here. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope your family uh, is doing well and, and, and being safe and uh, you're still getting to enjoy some things and family time, and, and uh, I'm sure you have cabin fever. But it is draft week, so we do have the draft. The NFL draft is here. And, you know, I said this to several people. I said it on TV last night as well on CBS 47 and Fox 30, Action Sports Shacks Primetime. You can make the case. I know the Dolphins have, what, 14 picks, 15 picks, something like that. The Jaguars are the most entertaining team coming into the week. And, well, the Jan stuff and Tony Khan stuff of, of the last hour just adds to it. But the Jaguars are the most entertaining team in the draft. I understand you want to be entertaining on the field. You want to win. I get it. Let's just say in the present, folks. They are the most entertaining team of this draft. I think they are going to move all around the draft board. They have 12 picks and ammunition to do it. They have ammunition next year with nine picks. And they have Yannick Ngakwe and Leonard Fournette on the block to trade two big names to trade potentially on draft day. The Jaguars are without question the most entertaining team, in my opinion, in the 2020 NFL draft. Now, the biggest player in this draft to watch that could make or break or is fascinating is Tua. But keep in mind, that could be over in the first hour. If Miami or or the Chargers take him, that could be over. Now, he could be super entertaining, and it could last all night long. But uh, from a team standpoint, the Jaguars Thursday, Friday, Saturday could be absolutely fascinating to watch. And then there's the last hour. Mm-hmm. How surprised, first of all, that Yannick Ngakwe, if you haven't caught it, he went right after Tony Khan. I mean, he is fed up. He's so frustrated. We, I mean, listen, we've been talking about this for months and months, but really the last few weeks, we said he was frustrated. You could tell he was frustrated. He's done some very good things in this negotiation, and now he's done some very bad things, too, in terms of poor uh, management of this whole situation. And now he's the one that's mishandling this situation. You No doubt, today was a mishandling of the the situation in my opinion i like to get yours but he sends a message to tony khan tony khan responds they go back and forth and we'll read them to you oh. but how just surprised are you you've Thank got God. to remember now tony khan is not necessarily the owner of the team but he is necessarily the owner of the team yeah <laughs> and I it's mean, going back a... and forth with a player on twitter listen first of all am i surprised that yannick and on 420 of 2020 has decided to go full Ramsey. I am not surprised, okay? I said this was going to happen months ago, and here we are now. What you have right now is a man that is desperate to get out of Jacksonville and is willing to do whatever it takes to do so. Keep in mind, the draft is a big period for Yannick Ngakwe because essentially, once the draft's over and brosters are kind of set, they're going to have a hard time, I think, trading Yannick Ngakwe, especially you know during the offseason. Now, once the season starts and you're halfway through the season, then possibly. But it's Yannick Ngakwe's goal right now to get traded either before the draft, obviously, or during the draft. 
and this was like the Hail Mary. This was um, the checkmate, if you will. This was him putting all his chips in one basket and saying, you know what, I'm all in here, and let's dance. The problem is, though, is that he directed the frustration. He directed the animosity towards the wrong person. If he were to just take, take the Jaguars organization and all these tweets and everything, and we're going to go over them here in a little bit, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. But the problem is, man, that you went after Tony Khan. And keep in mind who Tony Khan is, all right? Now, Tony Khan, obviously, um, you know, he's big in the, the, the analytical side of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, I've worked with him a little bit. I think he's a great guy. But remember when Jalen Ramsey was doing his whole thing and causing all the controversy? Who was the one guy from the organization that went on Twitter and had Jalen Ramsey's back? It was Tony Khan, okay? So he didn't have to have his back, by the way, but Tony Khan went out of his way to have his back. So with that being said, I think Tony Khan has the player's side more than anybody in that front office. Yannick Ngakwe made the mistake to go after Tony Khan. Now, Tony Khan, nice guy and everything like that, but don't push him in the corner, man, all right? Because the guy is prideful, and he'll push right back. And that's exactly what happened to Yannick Ngakwe. You try to pop off at Tony Khan, and yeah, okay, it was cool. I mean, I see where you're going with it, but guess what, man? You're, you're, you're trying to play checkers against the guy that's playing 3D chess right now in Tony Khan. And to me, he, he didn't make you look good. Okay, And this is the first time that I've ever, actually ever been against Yannick Ngakwe. Through everything that Yannick Ngakwe has done, through all the Twitter stuff that he's done, all the interviews, I have not once said Yannick Ngakwe is making a mistake because I get what he's trying to do. He's doing everything in his power to get out of Jacksonville. So be it. You don't want to be here. Then do what you got to do, man. I respect you for that. But I cannot come with Yannick Ngakwe on this one. I can't come with you when you try to go after Tony Khan, when when you try to spill some tea over something that's supposed to happen in San Diego, or I'm sorry, in Los Angeles against the Chargers. I guess I can't come with you on that one. And truth be told, I think Tony Khan won that argument. I think it puts Yannick Ngakwe in a bad light. And obviously, it does not help us trade stock. Uh, it doesn't. And that's the bigger thing for Yannick Ngakwe. That's where the mistake is made. It doesn't matter if we agree or anybody agrees with what Yannick is doing. I think the reality is, will this hurt his ability to get traded? He does this on a Monday of draft week. Let it go, man. Let it play out. If this is the Monday next week when you don't get traded, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get the frustration. It doesn't make sense. Sit tight. Don't alarm other teams. Don't red flag other teams, Jan, because this is alarming now if I'm on another team. You know, you can handle stuff. Listen, everybody knows what they're getting with Jalen Ramsey when they trade. From the Rams knew what they were getting. They knew that he was a guy that was trying to position himself. They knew what it was to get out of Jacksonville. They also know, you know what, down the road we might have a little drama with Jalen Ramsey. It's kind of the way he is. But also Jalen Ramsey is considered the best at his position in the NFL, if not top three, right? Clearly. Well, if you have that kind of cachet, you take chances on that kind of stuff. Yannick Ngakwe is not considered top three. He might think he is, but he's not. And he might be top ten. We say maybe in between eight and twelve. But that might still be on the high end, depending on how people view it. Well, now you're losing teams. There will be teams that say, hey, whoa, 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 what? What are we dealing with here? We're going to go trade away a first-round pick, or we're going to go trade away draft capital, and then we're going to go give this guy a contract? Is he going to turn around and do this to us at some time, too? What are we getting here? Because this wasn't the guy that we thought he was for the first four years. Now, all of a sudden, we're seeing it in four months unfold, and that's scary if you're a team that's about to make that kind of investment. That's just reality. You can sit here and say, Brett, come on, man. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's about sacking the quarterback. I get it, Mm. but it's a hefty investment. 
And so risk is always invited to the table when you're talking about investments like this. And he's just adding to the risk with this kind of stuff. Now, he could have already been, but this is a different animal today. I mean, he bounced into a different stratosphere uh, with what he did today. Let's get right to it, okay? No soft opening here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. <laughs> How's everybody's weekend? Great. Guys, good. good. All right, let's good. go. Uh, let's get right into the tweets, okay, in case you're just jumping in <laughs> on it. music? And you, <laughs> we got the music? <laughs> Jan tweets take on a different tone now. Uh, so here, you got to help me out, by the way. Yeah, so he tweets at Tony Khan, oh, and, and, and he says, stop hiding, Mo. Mo. M-O-E. Yeah. Translation? From my understanding, from what I've asked around, it, it's it's like bro, basically. It, it, it's like a, it's a, it's a different vernacular to say, dude. My man? Yeah, dude, exactly. Okay. Tony says, I'm not hiding, sir. I'm in isolation, getting ready for the draft. I've been pretty active on social media in isolation, but you wouldn't know that since you unfollowed oh. me. In parentheses, again. Didn't have to say that. Could have just said, I'm, I'm getting ready for the draft, you know, and just everything like that, and just go about your business. But no, came over the top, 10-8 round Tony Khan. That's when you started judging this. Oh, I mean, what else am I going to do, Brad? Other than judge yeah. me, yes, exactly. you're right. I'm going to judge everybody today. Everyone's getting judged. Then <laughs> yeah. Jan says, since you're feeling might today, let's both let the world in on the truth. Uh-oh. We've been had a discussion that the Chargers game was my last game. Yet you try to backdoor the situation without answering any of my camp's calls. Shake my head. You're spoiled, bruh. Holding up people for no reason with a clown emoji. Mm. Basically, the clown emoji to the owner yeah. of the football team. Mm-hmm. That's all. I mean, listen. Players have power. In every line of work, there are these things called insubordination to a degree. Yeah. I mean, does that kind of go in that file? I mean, it might. If I called my boss a clown on social media, I'm not sure I'd be doing the show. Listen, I get once again, Brett, he's desperate. okay? and then this is kind of the Jalen Ramsey approach. He's putting it all in. But here's the problem, man. You're biting the hand that feeds you right now, okay? Tony Khan is a big part of you getting traded. And Tony Khan is a big part of saying where you get traded, okay? They love Clayus Campbell. What happened to Clayus Campbell? Goes to the Ravens. And on a great team, possibly win a Super Bowl going forward now. What's to say Tony Khan's going to be like, all right, cool. You you, you want to go pop off a little bit? Have fun in Cincinnati. Have fun in Detroit. I'm just saying, man. By the way, uh, what's confusing a little bit is a discussion that the Chargers game was my last game. His last game that he played in Jacksonville was against the Indianapolis Colts. But maybe there was trade talk. I don't know. Maybe yeah. way back against the Chargers. Well, if he said a Chargers game was his last game, well, it wasn't. <laughs> no, sure. The Colts game was his last game. Uh, so maybe he's confused on that. Or maybe that's when these discussions started to say, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And that would have been, I think, in late November or early December. I'll have to check the schedule from last year. I think it was early December, in fact. Uh, then Tony, by the way, comes back and says, it's a new regime here, sir. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of the contributions you made here. That said, tweeting insults at me won't get you traded any faster. Only good trade compensation will do that. Please redirect your efforts into a more productive outlet. High road all day. That was the high road of it. And by the way, that is the way Tony Tony has shown a lot of adoration for his players. You mentioned Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. We haven't seen a, we've never seen this before. Yeah. Uh, from Tony Khan toward a player, I don't think, on, sure. on social media. And you know what? And I'm gonna I'm gonna give that round a, probably like a nine nine. Like Tony Khan took the high road there. I could easily give Tony Khan the ten nine, but I want to see a third round, Brent. I want to see what happens <laughs> next. Jan says, just trade me. I don't need the speech. And mm. once again the finish line flag. Mm-hmm. Uh by the way, earlier in the day Jan said free Jan He's making his own T-shirts now. Uh, Tony comes back with, show me the compensation. I'm sure you're really driving up the price today, by the way. 
and that's the ball game, folks. That's the ball game. And listen, do you th- do you think I enjoy sitting here going against Jan right now? Do you think I enjoy taking management side, Brent? When have I ever took management side in my entire life on this show? But to me, it's obvious, man. Okay, like I mean, unless you just own a free ticket or a job at AEW, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's true too. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it's really about is actually being a being a wrestler for the rest of my life. Um, it's just once again. I know what Yannick's trying to do, okay? It's obvious. The writing's on the wall. But you're going about it the wrong way. And you're not going about it in a very constructive way. And to me, when the smoke clears and the dust settles, he's going to come out of this looking worse than he did going into it. And he's not going to get what he wants. I told you this. Uh, before we go to a break, and we're going to con- keep talking about it. love your calls, by the way, 904-362-9901. Jump in on the conversation. There's a lot to talk about today, but this is certainly the newest information in front and center. And this is something, quite frankly, I, I don't remember seeing before. I, I mean, I this is Antonio Brown-level stuff mm-hmm. in terms of calling out an organization this blatantly and calling out whether it was players for Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and I think even Roethlisberger, he did it to a degree. But then going after organizations publicly like this, Mm -hmm. this is on that level. That's Antonio Brown-level stuff. I don't remember. I don't think Le'Veon Bell did this kind of stuff. And I can't remember an organization clapping back at a player. I mean, I really cannot on social. Social media is kind of a new thing. But still, we've seen it by now, and we haven't seen it. I will say what I've said for weeks, and I continue to say it's the undertold story of this. Tony Khan is one thing, and maybe even take Tony Khan out of it. What people are missing in the recipe of this, and what Jan, I think, is missing, and maybe his camp has missed in the recipe of all this, is that, one, they don't have the power. Like, you can't go into this fight with a stick. Yeah. I mean, you can't because you don't have the power. And what Shad Khan, I don't believe, is backing down here. I really don't. And that's been the undertold story. If you've listened to our show, you've heard me say it. I think this is a lot more about Shad Khan and now maybe Tony Khan than people are are giving credit to. They were talking Coughlin and Caldwell and Marone in the Jags culture. Well, I know Shad Khan is the owner. But Shad Khan, I think, is bowing up here just as much. The more Jan digs in, the more the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars digs in. I told you this for weeks and weeks. I don't think they'll get the compensation that they want for him. I think he'll play in Jacksonville in the fall, even though he doesn't want to, because he'd be foolish to pass up the franchise tag money. But the w- And I don't think he's going anywhere, man. He may have sealed his fate today to say, I'm not going anywhere, because who's trading for him and giving the Jags what they want? But do you think a guy right now that's going on Twitter attacking Tony Khan, is this the guy that's going to want to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I said, no, no, I get what you're going to say. He doesn't have a choice. Well, he has a choice whether he wants to get paid or sit out and not True. get paid. And the way it's coming across right now, you know, I've never been so adamant saying, I think if Yannick Ngakwe can't find a trade partner and he's stuck in Jacksonville, I might be surprised if the guy actually plays next season. Yeah, you might be right on that. I might lean a little bit closer to that. Now, what I just want to make clear is all along I've said he's still on the Jags in 2020. I don't Hmm. think he's going elsewhere. And I think this might have solidified it today. I don't know if they're finding a trade partner for Yannick Ngakwe. And uh, he might be stuck. And a lot of that might have to do with Tony Khan and Shad Khan saying – Hey, we got the power here, mm-hmm. and we're sticking in the sand on this one. More about it coming up. Uh, what happens now, and what would you give up? All those kind of things. I mean, do you, is this so much personal now that it doesn't matter about value? 
it's more about principle even on the Jag side, which isn't always the smartest thing. But cool. his emotion now entering the fray even on the Jag side, has Jan put it into that kind of position here in this drama? And listen, and this stuff matters, Brent, right? I mean, yeah, it's fun to sit there and kind of, you know, poke fun of Tony Khan and you know, going back and forth. But you know what, man? This is more bad optics on a team that does not need any more bad optics. Absolutely. And by the way, Marquise Lee has been waived by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. But another receiver expected move. Uh, but it has happened. It just happened in the last half hour. So a lot of Jags news. Leonard Fournette, could he be on the block? Why I say don't trade him. And my mock draft, shock your mocks. We got it all on ESPN 690. Look, I lost more games my rookie year than I had my entire high school and college career combined. I threw 26 interceptions, but I tried to learn a lot that year. I played every game. Jim Mora never took me out. I learned some things in the fourth quarter of those blowouts about what it took to be an NFL quarterback. And the next year, we went from 3-13 and to 13-3. and That wouldn't have happened had I not hung in there and kind of learned the ropes as a rookie, even though we took some bumps and bruises. So that's what I try to encourage Joe and all the NFL quarterbacks, that your rookie year is not going to be uh, the same as your senior year. That's Peyton Manning talking about Joe Burrow. Good advice, and uh, maybe he'll break that interception record, right? Yeah. <laughs> As he joked around about that, too, I think. Uh, so Joe Burrow, you know, what's it? I did think about this with Joe Burrow. I mean, nobody is speculating anything but. Joe Burrow at number one, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's a slam dunk as slam dunk can be. Yep. And that happens uh, from time to time with that first overall pick. But that's, you know, if you go back to the 16 draft, it was like Wentz and Goff, remember? Mm-hmm. And so you sometimes, you know, you can go all the way back to Leaf and Manning. But this is just, Bur- I mean, it would be the stunner of stunners if for some reason Cincinnati went in a different direction. I mean, I think they've already even had like, Kind of, you know, you get that sense of the, the preliminary conversations oh, and there, you know, there, those FaceTime be... videos are more like, what number do you want, Joe? <laughs> Fanatics better have like a uh, hundred thousand Joe Burrow jerseys already in the warehouse ready to yeah. sell out. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what's going to happen. Well, it's a you, foregone conclusion. If you have a Jaguars jersey, well, we feel bad for you, man. Just get it blank, man. <laughs> Just get it telling? for the year. Just get it. I mean, I would say get a kicker, like you know, get like Lambo or somebody. But <laughs> yeah, that might knows, not man. be safe. Times are tough these days, you know. Like it's hard to to try to buy stock in somebody. Go retro and get number ninety two, Austin Lane. Now we're talking. He's man. gonna be here a while. Selling like hotcakes, baby. <laughs> to twenty five bucks eBay. Get oh it right now. my gosh! But here you here's the thing, man. Why am I? You know, usually this stuff, right? When you have a Yannick Ngakwe situation, the way it is with Tony Khan right now, and, and by the this is. New today with Tony Khan going back and forth. And the latest tweet from Yad is uh, showing somebody coming off the top ropes, a wrestling analogy. AJ and Styles, missing. For, for, for your oh, permission. Thank you very much. But that's a WWE reference. Yeah. Maybe a shot at Tony Khan's AEW. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, this is like seventh grade stuff a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, this can get real petty on yeah. social media, which is that's why it's the wrong place to do it. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I think when you have these situations, right? Le'Veon Bell sits out of here, says never coming back to Pittsburgh, doesn't happen. Antonio Brown, Jalen Ramsey situation. Most times, players get what they want. They're out of here. Mm-hmm. I've been wrong on these things. You know, I thought Nick Foles was going to be around in the fall. They were able to get something for him. Mm-hmm. I have said I think Jan's going to be here, and I kind of still feel he's going to be here, man. I don't think this is an ex. This expedites him getting out of Jacksonville. I think it actually hurts him 
getting out of Jacksonville. I think there was a chance he could move on draft day or around the draft this weekend. And now I just think there will be a major red flag for some of these teams. And on top of that, I already wondered if anybody would give what the Jags wanted. Now, what you're saying is what the Jags wanted was two first-round picks. I understand that was pie in the sky. We've talked about that a lot. Could it be a player and a third-rounder? Could it be a first and a third-rounder? Could it be two seconds that the Jags would settle for? Maybe. But they're not going to settle in this instance. They don't have to. They have a guy that's made about $4 million in his career. They're willing to write him a check to play for 17.8. In my view before today is Jan would be absolutely crazy to not play in the fall for the Jacksonville Jaguars. When he bet on himself for $2 million, why wouldn't you play for $18 million? It doesn't make sense not to. And so that's why I was pretty firm on the Jags would not get what they wanted. And Jan would be stuck playing. Well, you brought up something before the break. I'll come with you a little bit. As it stands right now, there's plenty of time to mend whatever fences. And it's still in the best interest of Jan to play in the fall, even if it was on the tag. Because then he could go get his big deal next year. I do wonder a little bit about that now. Now they are backing each other into such a corner that I don't think the Jags are going to move him. Because I think that's what he wants. And, and now this has become personal and emotional, even yeah. for maybe Shad Khan, who probably doesn't like to bring that into the business side of things. And I think Jan, it's so emotional and so principle-laden that he's going to be willing to give up paychecks over a million dollars a week to not play, maybe until that accrued year, yeah. so he could still get paid a handful of a million dollars and, and play and get the accrued year. It's, it's we might be back to that. So yeah. pride is in the way here. On both sides, potentially, first of all, with Jan, and he's got a lot of it, principle is in the way here, which I respect to a degree. But now emotion's starting to take over. And emotion in the middle of all this is a bad thing, usually. Maybe for both sides, but definitely for one side or another. Listen, I've said it before on this show, and pride will make you do crazy things. I'm I'm the first one to admit to that, okay? And... It, I guess it, it all comes down to your principles and how, and how you grew up and what you believe in. And I think Yannick Ngakwe is a very prideful individual. So will he forego $18 million just to try to stay good in, in, you know, in the light of his own psyche and just try to come across as a guy that didn't get punked? Absolutely. I, I think he wholeheartedly will do that. Now, if you ask 99% of the people out there, what would they do? They'd say, I'm definitely playing for $18 million. Are you crazy? But Jan's that 1%, man. I think Jan's that outlier where if he has to prove a point, he's going to prove a point. So if he is indeed on the Jaguars, I would not be surprised if he sits out, um, you know, for a longevity time, um, if not the entire season. You know, when we think back to the players speaking out and things, I mean, the two guys that stick out to me, Brent, right? Because you had Melvin Gordon last year, went through his whole contract thing. What happened, though? He stayed quiet. Didn't get what he wanted. One one could say that Melvin Gordon made a huge mistake. He's in Denver now, got a new contract. It is what it is. Le'Veon Bell with, with Pittsburgh, kind of the same thing, right? Where all things considered, he was kind of the trendsetter. He was kind of the guy that first started to do this whole thing, and everyone's like, wow, Le'Veon Bell is going to sit out this season? He's going to forego that contract? He's crazy. Well, he did it. He remained quiet. One could say that maybe he lost some money. He obviously made up for that money with a Jets contract, so that's been done before, too. But when I think of Yannick Ngakwe right now, what's transpiring, I think of two characters. I think of Antonio Brown, and I think of Jalen Ramsey. Antonio Brown set the precedent of how to handle these negotiations, right? He basically burned everything behind him, lit the match, flicked it, and was like, you know what? I'm out of here. What's up, Raiders? And, Brent, you keep saying, well, it's going to hurt Yannick Ngakwe's stock with every team in the NFL. 
that's fine, man, because all it takes is one team. Mm -hmm. All it took for Antonio Brown was the Oakland Raiders. All it took for Antonio Brown was John Gruden to come out and say, oh, man, we we love you over here, man. Come over here. We got, you know, we got a pretty good offense. I'm an offensive-minded guy. I want Antonio Brown, one of the best wide receivers um, in the NFL. So he goes to Oakland. We all know what happens there. It was absolute chaos, an absolute crap show. He ends up leaving Oakland. But what happened, Brent? Another team stepped up. When 30 teams or 31 teams said, no, after what happened in Oakland, why would we even think about taking Antonio Brown? Well, here comes the New England Patriots. Here comes Bill Belichick. Here comes Tom Brady. All it took was one. But here's my point, and I compare it to Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, uh, we've been through it. I don't have to repeat it, Brent. Jaguars fans don't want to hear it again. But the whole back issue, the whole going on these podcasts, going on these interviews, um, you know, backhanding the organization, all this stuff. Well, Jalen Ramsey got what he wanted. Here's the difference between Jalen Ramsey, Antonio Brown, and Yannick Ngakwe. Antonio Brown at the time was a top five wide receiver. Maybe the best. Exactly. Jalen Ramsey at the time and still now, by far a top three cornerback. You may disagree with me because you guys are emotional towards him, but he's a top three cornerback. Maybe the best. Yannick Ngakwe, not top five. Okay. Yannick Ngakwe, maybe top ten. And right now, he finds himself in a market that does not value the defensive end position. Not Yannick Ngakwe's fault, just the way the market is right now. Clowney's looking for a paycheck. Yannick Ngakwe's looking for a paycheck. There just There is no market right now for edge rushers. And that's not Yann's fault, like I just said. But that's the difference, Brent. You have to ask yourself, does the distraction outweigh the talent? For Jalen Ramsey, it did. For Antonio Brown, it did. For Yannick Ngakwe right now, does it? I think you can go back and forth with that one. And it's a bigger investment, at least right now. See, the Rams, well, they made a huge investment. First-round picks in two years because they got the fifth-year option. And eventually, I think they'll give a long-term deal. So that's a major investment, of course, on their part. Uh, Antonio Brown wasn't like that. They didn't have to sign Antonio Brown for a five-year thing for $100 million. This was like a one-off deal to get Tom Brady and Bill Belichick another Super Bowl and see if it worked. Mm -hmm. And obviously, it didn't. Now, the Raiders might have thought differently if they could make it work. I mean, you know, the Raiders paid him what he got in Pittsburgh, then... Added the price and they then did. paid him more. They actually did. But yeah. even that was minimal. It wasn't lengthy. It was right. It was like a two-year thing more well, so than it was, uh, I believe. Well, but in retrospect, if he would have actually played out that contract, he would have made an extra $30 million with the Raiders than he did with the yeah. Steelers. They made the bigger mistake. Obviously, Correct. the Patriots could kind of get out from underneath it yeah. a, a lot quicker. This is a big investment for a team, draft pick-wise. And eventually, if you trade for him, that means you're going to want him there four or five years as a pass rusher, as a young pass rusher. Uh, so... That's what's a little bit different here. Also, I don't disagree with you. I think you only need one dance partner. There were not three teams that were willing to give up two first-round picks and a fourth for Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. There was one. Mm -hmm. That was it. I don't know how many teams were in on the Yon sweepstakes to begin with because you do have to have some dollars available and you have to have draft capital and you have a need. Like how many times have we said, could the Washington Redskins be in play with the Jags on a trade? Well, the thing about that that doesn't make sense is they really don't have a need. Why do they have to move from two when they can go get Chase Young, who won't cost them $100 million? Mm-hmm. And they already have Ryan Kerrigan, and they have Montez Sweat. So what? you don't need to. So the teams that were interested in Jan, maybe the Eagles, maybe the Giants, maybe even the Jets, maybe Seattle. Well, let's just take those four teams, and there might be more. I would assume there would be more. But they have to have the capital and they have to have the money, and they have to have the positional need to invest in that spot. Well, now you take those four teams. Are they willing to put up with this? And did you just lose two of them? 
So now there's only two, but there still could be two. Yeah. So my point is, he's he might have today shrunk his his available places to go, mm-hmm. and I don't know by how many. We don't know because you know somebody on social media says, well, whatever, man. They'll the, people don't care about this BS, and now they'll just get him for a second round instead of a first. I say I think you're missing the point. I think what this does is hold the Jags even more firm with their what they want in return. They don't want to give this guy what he wants. Mm-hmm. They want what they want in return. Again, you have to understand that about Jalen Ramsey. The Jaguars did not give what Ramsey wanted to give because they were like, okay, fine. They gave Ramsey his way because they got what they wanted and maybe then some. They got two first-round picks and a fourth. So they're not going to lower the price. Just because Jan's on Twitter, they're actually going to, in my opinion, dig in even deeper on this. So this just made it harder for Jan to get out of Jacksonville, in my opinion. And I don't think he's going to get out. I really don't. Uh, I, I think the phone is ringing and less people are saying, hey, we'll give you this, this. But do you want for, to get him off your hands? We'll give you now this, which yeah. is less compensation than Shad Khan, Dave Caldwell, and the Jacksonville Jaguars organization wants, including uh, Tony Khan, in my opinion. So I just don't think it's going to happen. Here's where my head's at, though, Brent. All right? And I go back to the giant life-size cutout of me with my bulbous head over there. And for the longest of times, it said Payon. All right? I was I was the captain of the Payon bandwagon. And I campaigned for that the entire time last year. Obviously, it didn't come to fruition. I changed it. And what did I put it to, Brent? What does that quote say up there? Good luck with that. Good luck with that. And I put that quote on my quote bubble, on my giant head, when it turns out that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to franchise tag Yannick Ngakwe and not pay him. Now, the reason why I said good luck with that was because what's happening right now. I am worried about this thing is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. I think we pretty much agree right now that Yannick Ngakwe isn't going anywhere, and, and, and I'm with you on that one. The question remains, though, and the question that needs to be asked is, well, how bad can it get now? Okay, because you have a guy who's not happy with how things are in Jacksonville. You have a guy now who's going on Twitter and attacking the front office, not you know talking behind the scenes, not texting, not calling, going on social media where I, you, the entire world can see, and you're putting out your dirty laundry there. What's going to happen when we're in training camp? What's going to happen when we're going through this season? And I'm the last person to say, oh, it's not going to be a distraction for the locker room. I was the first one to say that Jalen Ramsey doing his whole stuff, the locker room didn't care. You know what I'm saying? Even when it came to the back thing, like the locker room was fine. And I think that we saw the locker room responded well on those games that he was gone. But to me, this is a different animal. To me, this can get even more of a distraction. This can create more of a controversy, more of a turmoil in training camp than even Jalen Rams could ever imagine. So my question to you is, how bad is this going to get down the road now? Well, I think the weekend and next week will be interesting. Again, I don't think he's moving. Maybe he does, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's done. That's fine. But if he doesn't move, which I don't think it's happening, if you're new to the show, what I've said countless occasions, there are three milestone dates in my opinion, the draft being one of them. Labor Day weekend right before the start of the season when a team panics and wants to be good and thinks they're missing a piece or got an injury in camp or something like that, that's milestone two. And then the trade deadline is milestone three. And that's when I think the actual leverage shifts over to Jan during the trade deadline Mm. and says, okay, we just got to get him out of here now because we know we're not re-signing him. Now, there's a caveat to that, and I've said this for a long time. 
the Jags might be smart if they want to play super hardball here is to franchise tag this year for $18 million. And let's just throw the number out there because I don't know what it is, but it's a lot more. Let's just say the franchise tag for year two is $26 million. So what? They got plenty of it. And I would, again, I I did this as an exhibition of if you want to question me and I'm going to go negotiate with you and I want to play hardball, well, I've got power to do that next year, too. I could do it. But what kind of message is this sending to the whole team, though? You've got to be careful a lot of those things. This is chaotic, though, Brent. This is my point, man. I'm tired. And listen, this is fun. This is great radio. Like This makes our job very easy, correct? But... On the outside looking in, man, I'm tired of turning on ESPN, and I'm tired of seeing the Jaguars in a bad light. This right here, this Yannick stuff does not put the Jaguars in a good light, and I get it. It's not the Jaguars' fault even, possibly, all right? Like, this is more Yannick and Gakwe than it is the Jaguars. But guess what, man? He's still a member of the team, and I still got to sit through talking heads in the national media saying, oh, what's going on in Jacksonville now? What's going on in Jacksonville? And maybe I shouldn't care so much of what they think, but once again, I just drive home the point. I want to read about Gardner Minshew, man. I want to read about optimism. I want to read about these draft picks coming up. Who are the Jaguars going to take? Um, the excitement revolving around that. But now here we are on a Monday talking about Yannick Ngakwe going after the front office, man. I, I'm just I'm tired of bad optics. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't. Well, I mean, sure. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I guess I have. I would be willing to risk the bad optics in this sense if you're going to back me in the corner. That's the way I think. Can I be petty like that? Yeah. But you know what? At least for the time being, I I told you emotion was into it now. And so if emotion's into it, I'm not budging if I'm the Jags. Bad optics or not, I'm not. By the way, I put out uh, this about an hour ago. Uh, Who has handled this situation worse? Jan and his camp or the Jags? Over 1,000 votes so far. Oh, it's going to be obvious, I think. 84% Jan in his camp. I know yeah. it's coming off a day where Jan doesn't look great in this, yeah. and, and Tony Khan looks a little bit better. But in this instance right now, that has shifted, right? Yeah. This was a, this was a franchise and a fan base that was on Jan's side all this time. So mm-hmm. he got what he wanted if he wanted to see the shift. And, and listen, but I'm not sure he wanted to see it in this way. I don't no. think this was the way to go about getting it. No, and listen, I've been the biggest Jan supporter ever, man. Okay, like I want to see that guy get paid. I think he's a hell of a player. And what you have here, Brent, is you have a guy who believed in himself, who rolled the dice and it paid off for him. But the problem is that the system failed him, okay? For whatever reason, the system said, you know what? We're not going to pay defensive ends this year. Once again, not Yannick Ngakwe's fault. It just is what it is. And sometimes life's not fair and sometimes the game of football is not fair. But you have no right to go after the front office, man, because it does does you no favors whatsoever. One more thing here, okay? And then we'll let this go for a little bit. Uh... Is this Jan going rogue? Is this his whole camp? Is he getting bad advice from his agent, from his for his representation? And does this change what the Jags could do early in the draft from an edge rushing standpoint or not? You have to weigh that as we are in draft week. It's coming up next. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Leonard Fournette last week was making a pitch for Cam Newton. Not a great look. I can't believe that at that point it's so much harm to where the Jags are not are going to say, you know what, we got to get rid of him. Jacksonville fully well knows that they have no chance next year, that they're already mailing this in. If I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars and a fan, I'm loving this right now because you're getting rid of a good player. This is a win-win situation. The Jags are going to be a worse team because of this and can land the overall number one pick next year and get Trevor Lawrence. And Leonard Fournette finally gets to go to a place that doesn't suck. Easy, Peter Burns. Peter Burns. From SEC Network. Ah. 
More on the Leonard stuff coming up, of course. Why I actually think the Jags, this is coming a little later, why I think the Jaguars shouldn't trade Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Even though Adam Schefter came out this weekend said he was on the trade block. Remember, we've been talking for weeks how much he's the one guy that still has trade value. And uh, talked a lot about Leonard on Friday, even with the Cam Newton stuff once again that, that blew up. Keep in mind, though, you got to remember this. The Cam Newton might have ignited more phone calls in the last few days. But this has been a situation that no doubt the Jags have been exploring for weeks. You know, we had Mark Long on, and that's how we brought up the idea of uh, could he have trade value. Well, Mark was really hard on Leonard. That That was one side of the story. The other part was he thought that he had played his last down, and Mark might be right. You know, he was on to something because I think there were talks, at least, hey, floated out there and said, hey, let's see if we can get something else. This guy's in his final year. We're not going to pick up his fifth-year option. We're going to lose him. Let's get something in return if we can. Uh, but I'll tell you why that might not be the smartest move for the Jags, even though it might make sense from a business standpoint, uh, at least my thought on that. I've got another yawn thought here before we let this go for at least now. And, again, you're always invited to the conversation, 904-362-9901 or star star 690. Yannick Ngakwe and Tony Khan back and forth on social media today. The biggest story of the afternoon here in Jacksonville and, and maybe even across the country. Something we have not seen. I can't remember seeing anything like this. Now, I'm not in tune with every team and every professional sport but this is very unique it's very unusual to see something like this if it has happened before it hasn't happened very often and uh check out the tweets from jan and tony khan if you're on twitter uh it was an incredible back and forth that's what we've been talking about here at the start of the show on a monday during draft week what does it mean for yannick Ngakwe? but what i want to ask and somebody did ask this he needs to fire his agent they said mm-hmm. how much do you think this is jan going rogue mm-hmm. and kind of just so fed up that Listen, if I'm I'm your agent, I can't control everything you do. I mean, I can advise you, but I can't control what you do. Or how much do you think this is actually their plan? This, you know, we've talked multiple times. This is their last ditch effort to try to get out. This is what they're going to do. Well, this takes it to a new level, man. Would anybody advise Jan to do this when across the board? Here today on a Monday, I'd say mostly across the board. Most people are are saying, "What is he doing?" This doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like because if that's the advice of the camp, it obviously it doesn't seem like it's good advice. Maybe the end game shows genius in it. And I, we mm-hmm. gave a lot of credit to their camp a few weeks back to start free agency when they did kind of go out there publicly and say, "I want out." We thought that was a really good one. I'm not so sure I believe this is has anything good for Yannick Ngakwe. In fact, I think it's going to really hurt him in terms of getting out of Jacksonville in the next few days and maybe even in the next few months. But is he being advised to do it? No, I think this is more of an emotional standpoint from Yannick Ngakwe than it is advice from his camp, right? Because last week you can't go on ESPN with a pretty calm, cool demeanor, say that you know, you're know you excited to go to a new team, a winning culture, you're excited to work in a new city, work with charities and things like that, you, that, that you, know, you wish everybody's doing great through the COVID-19 thing, and you come across, in my opinion, you know, as a, a pretty thought, a thoughtful and provoking guy. And then this week, it's the exact opposite. And it's a 180. And now we're calling out people on Twitter. You know, like, it's just, you can't do 180s like that, man. You have to, you have to pick a lane and stay with it. So to me, this is more of just Yannick Ngakwe knowing that we're getting down to zero hour right now and that we have to literally unload every single bolt in the chamber to try to make make a move here. And I think this is more Yannick Ngakwe than it is with anything. Do you, do you think Yannick Ngakwe's agent was like, hey, go after Tony Khan? Hey, remember that thing against the Chargers? 
bring that up. That's going to be great. Yeah, I, I, I can't see that happening. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think that's the way they would advise it. I think uh, there are there are ways to play this. Do I think Jalen's r- agent was heavily involved in the way that transpired? Absolutely. And it worked. And it worked. I think some of these things, the representation for Jan has been involved with, and strategically, this one, if it was, was a bad move. And maybe, again, there's genius in it that I'm not seeing. But we're all missing it today. And and I, I just don't think he did that. I think this is just the sign of frustration. The reality is the market has been not good. And by the way, if you're a team, and what I just said about that market, right, money available, mm-hmm. investments available, need a pass rusher, well, guess who just moved to the top of my list over Yannick Ngakwe? Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. If it wasn't before, you know, yeah, we had yeah, said, yeah, we'll yeah, take yeah, you I on. hear you. I hear you. You yeah. know, and both we think, hey, you know, you're going to be similar investments. <laughs> well, first of all, it doesn't cost you trade capital to get Clowney. Correct. Because he's a free agent yes. if you want to wheel and deal. But I think he just nudged ahead of Yannick Ngakwe based on today alone. Mm. He's the one that remained quiet. And it just does seem like so. I know there are examples, the things that play out in the public eye of guys getting what they want. Jalen, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. But it does seem like there's a lot of guys that also can get what they want without doing this. No, I hear you, man. I'm just saying from a clowning standpoint, though, you can't make three. You can't have three and a half sacks last season yeah. and make a lot of noise. That's the red All flag. Right. Guy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, good point. It, it is. What, what, what are you gonna say? Sign me, give me twenty million because I had <clears throat> three and a half sacks last year. No, you, you can't do that now. And listen, I get that that number is a little understated because he did do some good things for the Seahawks, right? He was a big part of that playoff push. I understand that. So Clowney is still a great player. Um, obviously, he, he comes out looking like the better person right now, so I agree with you with that. Um, you know, you put age, injuries up there for Clowney a little bit, but no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Brent, where right now, if you're Clowney's camp, you're just like, all right, I know it sucks right now. The market sucks, and, and we haven't got paid yet and probably taking a pay cut, actually, but just... Mind the course. Yeah. Okay, well, let's see how this whole Jacksonville Jaguars, Yannick Ngakwe thing plays out, because right now we're in smooth waters. Let's keep going there. I think if Yannick stayed quiet, he, he would have a ticket out of town already maybe, and definitely by the mm. weekend. I do. I do. I think if mm. he stayed quiet. I, see, but... the, I, I don't – if he turns it this way, again, because he brought Shad's emotions into it, in my opinion, Tony Khan's emotions into it, he wouldn't have done that. I, I, I just don't – I think he would have been able to get out of here going about it differently. I don't – I'm not guaranteeing it. But I think he would have had, let's just say this, he would have had a way better chance. And I don't sure. think it's happening now. That's why this has been not played out well. I mean, it's not working. Yeah. Well, and, and listen, did Deshaun kind of have an ego? You're damn right he does because he's a billionaire. You have to have an ego to be better. successful. Okay. And, you know, did, you know, Shad Khan kind of feel slight a little bit? And that's why this process is taking so long? Possibly. But in my eyes, you don't ask anything less than a first round pick for Yannick Ngakwe. Okay, like it's simple as that. You don't take a third round pick. You don't take a second round pick. Because if you're Shad Khan, if you're Dave Caldwell, you see that, you know what? We drafted Yannick Ngakwe in the third round. He came in. He did special things for us. Um, he was a hard worker. Um, really, you know, overachieved as far as we're all concerned. So he did great in the Jaguars uniform while he was here. You want to get a return back on that investment. And you want to get some profit back on that investment. So, no, you don't ask for a third-round pick. You don't ask even for a second-round pick. You ask for a first-round pick. So I think regardless of what Yannick Ngakwe has done to the front office, I just think the fact that the Jaguars probably haven't been offered a first-round you know, draft pick yet kind of sets that, you know what, regardless of what he's doing right now, we haven't got what we wanted for him, so he's staying here until further notice. And by the way, I didn't. I, the phones were not ringing off the hook from everything I can gather. Mm-hmm. They haven't been. 
And obviously, there's clear indication from Jan he feels that way, too, because that's where the frustration has reached a boiling point. That And he made it obvious, the communication, right? But how did we get to the point where they don't want to communicate back and forth? Is it not a good spot to be communicating? Who knows? Uh, it just looks like it's being totally misplayed right now because it's not working. Yeah. That's my evidence. It's yeah. not working, and you're feeding into the emotion of Shad Khan, where few people have tapped into. Well, let's be honest, though. With communication, At least Stan, publicly. So with the whole communication part, you know, back in uh, with the supposedly that Chargers game, there wasn't communication. Well, you know, that, that was still like, I think... <sighs> Was Coughlin gone then or not? Was Coughlin still right around the time Coughlin would have been okay. gone? Coughlin so, might have gone a week later. Okay, so obviously with Coughlin around, communication was different than it is now. And like Tony Khan even said in his tweet, there, there, there's a new regime right now. You know, there, there's a new culture being built. So with that being said, um, it's different. So why not give give it some time instead of just attacking everybody? See how it plays out, Jan. That's what I said a, a long time ago on this. I mean, once Coughlin move was made, and I understand the point was, well, it, the damage had been done, but they refreshed. Maybe if they had brought totally different bodies in here, mm-hmm. maybe that would have helped. Uh, but nothing's helping right now. Hey, we'll get to the phone lines when we come back. Plus a little Leonard Fournette. We've got shock your mocks. we got my mock, gonna, which I'm you're gonna shocked sh- by. I'm going to shock your mock for sure. Yeah, we yeah. got a bunch going Don't on here on ESPN that. 690. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.